Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to bluenile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at bluenile.com for $50 off your purchase. bluenile.com code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Has El Ghazi ever fucking controlled the ball first time? Only whenever he's hitting the ball first time 40 yards over the crossbar. Hi guys, Jack Greenish here. Uh, delighted to say that I've signed a new deal with Aston Villa. That morning sky gave me a look. So I left while you were sleeping. That's all it took. Welcome to the new normal. Villa's second team strolling to a victory over a championship side they would have struggled with 16 months ago. A striker to scores, clean sheets coming thick and fast like they're going out of fashion. This is a new normal and unfortunately part of that new normal is Neil Taylor. It's still pretty much normal Neil Taylor. Uh, Liam, there was at one stage in the first half, Neil Taylor literally tried to pass a ball and he managed to two-foot someone. He tried, he tried to pass the ball and missed it. Somebody nicked it out of his way and he, he two-footed them to the ground and I thought... There couldn't be anything that sums up Neil Taylor any better. He can't pass a ball, <laughs> and he just wants to mince people every chance he gets. Yeah, and as an Irish man as well, whenever I saw Neil Taylor break Seamus Coleman's leg, I initially thought there was a lot of malice in it. And then whenever he started playing for Villa, I just thought, oh, maybe he's just not that good. <laughs> there, there was another moment in the 80th minute where, to be fair to him, he's keeping up a play, which isn't always like Neil Taylor, but there's a pass and it's played in behind Ollie Watkins. Taylor comes on to the ball at full speed, looks to play the ball into Watkins' feet and goes for the return, which is, again, the right thing to do and not something you would ever associate with Neil Taylor. But he forgot he can't do two things at once. It's either <laughs> run or kick the ball for our Neil. And it ended up being a five-yard pass and just static teammate that went about ten yards to the other side of him. <laughs> I I didn't mean he started off on such a sour note. I just thought like you know it's it's quite ironic that things have changed. Villa just they just put away Bristol City three 0 Um, and I know like Villa, you'd like to think that they can do that now, but they haven't put away teams for a long time like that easily and that comfortably. So, um, it is good. Let's talk about some of the. So, some of the new things that have happened, some of the positive. But again, actually, I'm dragging us back into uh, maybe questioning somebody's ability. Did Bertrand Trorori mean it? 
I think there's a couple of things you have to consider there. Bertrand Trouré, he doesn't he doesn't look surprised when it happens. Whenever the ball comes off his foot, he doesn't you know he doesn't look like he's messed it up or anything. And he then whenever it goes into the net, he runs away as if to say, "That's what I'm all about." But <laughs> but also there was a bit there was a bit just before that as well. I think it was in the sixth minute where there was a lovely lovely move from Villa, but then a reverse ball from Bertrand Trouré. It's like, oh. I thought this was all about the dribbling. That's what all the Leon fans were telling us anyway. He was nothing but fast. But he played there was about three or four different times where he played a lovely little reverse ball. There was one later on in the game as well. It's like he's, he's undoubtedly got incredible technique. So I'm gonna I'm gonna it's his debut as well. We'll be nice to him. He definitely meant it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like I, I did take great pleasure in those fucking Leon fans because um when I expressed any sort of delight that Villa had signed him. Um, yeah, my mentions got plagued. I, I, I lost count. I actually couldn't um, translate all that that amount of abuse that I was getting as well. A lot of it was in French, and a lot of it was just <laughs> a lot of it was just basically you fucking idiot. This guy is crap. Like you know, we've been dying to get rid of him, and you know, with the only response I could think of, which is the only response that you should come up with when you're on Twitter, instead of getting into an argument with somebody you don't know, just write back. No, say it without crying. <laughs> it, took, it took great pleasure in going back to some of those tweets and just writing back. Are you still crying? <laughs> no, I'm worried that might blow up my face if he does turn out to be a dud. But um, you're right, it looked apart. I, I don't know about the goal. Like I, I, I immediately dragged Lynn over. Like she's not a football expert by by any stretch of the imagination. But I, I just said to her, "Tell me, am I being biased? Did he mean this?" And I can tell you that she thought that he didn't mean it. He meant to put it across the goal. So I don't know. that's the ball to play. So if we're going to stay on the positive note, if he uh, if he didn't mean it and he was trying to play it across, at least he's trying to do the right thing. Mm. <laughs> um, and he and he and he did he did he did he did look very good. So I am going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, well, a lovely ball from Jacob Ramsey as well. Actually, to tee it up, just a nice little, uh, a nice little dink in front of him, perfectly onto his right foot. But let's talk about Keenan Davis, or should I say Alfonso Davies, or Alfonso Davis? That's right, I, I'd written that down. Um, yeah. <laughs> like the setup for the first goal was Alfonso Davies esque, just a little step over, the, like the the fake shot, putting somebody in his arse, like, just just delaying enough to put him straight on his hole taking it to the byline and then having that composure i know that you're a big fan of people who go to the byline liam and just and are able to sort of keep their composure keep their head and have a look at what's going on and not only was he able to stop now in fairness the bristol bristol city were a shambles let's let's get that out in the open to start off with. Mm. but um he stopped he had a lot of time but then he was able to pick the right pass through a lot of bodies, and like you know, he could have seen any other option there in in those couple of seconds that he had. Not a couple of seconds, I'd say a second and a half maybe. And he found he found El Ghazi, who <laughs> even by his standards, he was able to put it away. It was um, it was great, great stuff. Lovely feet from a big man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, it was absolutely brilliant from Davis. Just had a seat there, pal. But you're saying he had a lot of time because Bristol City were a shambles. I think he terrified his teammates. Because then people didn't want to come to him. They didn't want to put in the tackle. And then the guy just stands off, stands up. They didn't fancy getting their shorts dirty as well. And uh, he he takes his time. And then so he has the composure. She's brilliant feet. Has the composure. And then also pulls off the pass. No, it was incredible. It was absolutely brilliant. Really, really encouraging. But he was like that. He 
He was incredible. He was like that all game. He like he just, a whole array of skills. Like there were slick little flicks in between the legs, um, cross crossfield balls. Mm. He was drawing at defenders. He was picking his passes. He was drilling shots. And that just, I think it was after about 30 minutes, I was just imagining being Ali Samara's agent and just the please coming through to his WhatsApp, get me out of here because I am not getting a look in this season. <laughs> yeah. yeah, apparently he's flown into Turkey today, so I'd say he won't be coming back anytime soon. <laughs> um, although, like, you know, they might need a sub for Louis Barry in the under-23s if he does come back because he's not, <laughs> he's not getting on ahead of uh, Keenan Davis. And, like, you're right, like, he was at it all night. His touch, is, his touch was brilliant. It was it was Ollie Watkins, that's what I can say. Um, it, it was cushioning everything that was coming towards him. Then you could tell that he was getting getting a bit of mojo going then. Like, you know, he obviously set up that lovely goal. Then he had nice touches, as you say, nice passes. And then there's one stage where he trapped the ball at his feet and just did that little flick, you know, to sort of in behind his, his left foot and mm-hmm. turned around and just rattled one from 25 yards. And, like, you know, keeper tipped it over. But it was like, yes, Keenan. Like, you know, that's that's what you want your striker doing. Like, Watkins did something similar in the second half. You know, he could have played it out to Trezeguet. And at the start, yeah. I thought it was selfish. But then I was like, hang on, Trezeguet's got a terrible angle. The striker's got a shot on from the center of goals. Take it on. And, like, just good to see Davis finally start to deliver on that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and you're right to call out Ollie Watkins. Saying that was absolutely brilliant. I loved it. I mean, he could have played the pass, but you want your striker to be selfish there. You want him to have a shot. He's got as good a chance as the as Trezeguet, but yeah, no, have a shot, Ollie. But no, Keenan Davis was absolutely brilliant. And it was a, the, the most encouraging thing about seeing that array of skills was it was an array of skills that I didn't necessarily know that he had. Mm. So it was just fleshing himself out. It was, it was brilliant. And I really vindicated the new contract. Yeah, like Watkins came on, got a goal. Um, we'll talk a bit more about him, I think, later on in, in the categories. But um, <laughs> there's going to be doubts whether or not he's going to score from outside the six-yard box. And you know what? I don't care because both times now his movement has been brilliant. The timing has been perfect. And lovely ball from Trezeguet as well. And what Watkins, actually, let's do a bit on Watkins now. He could have had a second goal as well if he wasn't completely pushed over. Um, you know, just, just straight through and goal. Defender pushed him over. The referee thought... 3 0, we'll just leave it at that. Like, you know, no yeah. penalty required. What, what did you think in the first half whenever Ramsey was pushed over? The rest yeah, were absolutely howlers. They were, couldn't clear cut penalties. Although, less sympathy for Ramsey because he did miss a big, big chance. Lovely ball again from Trezeguet. Um, Ramsey went straight through and just, oh, just yeah. hit straight deeper from what, 11 yards out, maybe 10? Yeah, he just, he, he just snatched at it and he, he just he's drilled it the way he was facing. Um, but those chances were that Ramsey chance, the Watkins one we mentioned earlier, and Watkins' goal, and then the one where Watkins should have had a penalty. They were just, after about 60 minutes, you could just see they were coming because Bristol City had committed men forward, as they had to. They were 2-0 down, and it was just, it was it was easy, and more encouragingly, it was ruthless from Villa. They were, they were cutting through, and they were going for the jugular. There was about a 10-minute period just after half-time where they were drifting, and 2-0... Like you don't want to be drifting. You don't. You don't want to fuck this up. You've got yourself into a position now. See it out, and then it was, there was a couple of changes made, and that just gave them more impetus. But again, that's that's probably that's probably from the fact that there's more more uh, people looking for places now. The more people looking for places, the people are coming off the bench have to make their point as well. Trezeguet came on, did well. Um, Watkins came on, got his goal. Should have had a, could have had another two. No, it was very, it was very encouraging. 
How good it would Henry Lansbury have been with El Ghazi in the first half for that lovely ball over the top? He just put him straight through on goal and El Ghazi, true to form, you know, just didn't control it and the ball went away from him. And like, you know, just I just thought of like, you know, my own, as you said on Monday, incredibly modest football career. But you know when you you know when you play a nice pass and like you really need that guy to score for you to get any credit for it. Like, yeah. you know, when he doesn't score, nobody cares about the pass anymore. Like, you know, and especially if you're if you're a midfielder and you're providing assists, especially with Henry Lansbury trying to make a mark and all the talk about Villa trying to buy a buy a number eight, when El Ghazi doesn't just even control the ball, never mind like get a chance from it. It's just like that that lovely pass and lovely vision from Lansbury is just forgotten about. Yeah, and it was a shame for for Lansbury because he did football else during the game. <laughs> but um, that's uh, that's our Anwar El Ghazi, isn't it? I actually thought the first ten minutes. Oh, he he's he sees the challenge now. He's lifted his game. He was authoritative. He was controlling the game. He was looking for the ball. He was trying things. Then he got his goal. And then, as always happens with Anwar, he was absolutely useless. It was a game of moments. Erratic. Taking shots far too early. He was all over the place. When he was in the game, the rest of the time he was just non-existent. Um, yeah, that's... I'm start. I'm starting to. <laughs> I'm starting to doubt myself. El Ghazi. I always thought. Well, he's incredibly frustrating. At least he has good output, but it, I just don't think that's enough anymore. He's he just he fades from games, and he's just not given. He's not given the team anything whenever he's not. Whenever he's not shooting widely. Well, the good news for you is we're going to move on to WhatsApp winges after the break, and it is an El Ghazi special. Trezeguet has lost his belly. <laughs> Full stop. That's, uh, the only thing I can say to that is I'm surprised you could tell because I didn't realize Trezeguet was playing. <laughs> so I didn't see him on the pitch, so I don't know how you didn't see his belly. <laughs> What's up, Winges, Liam? Um, as you know, this is a chance for me to get a lot of stuff off my chest. It is a lot harder when Villa win 3-0, so it's less negative than it would be usually, but um, it's always in the heat of the moment, so remember that. Like, I could have someone in this WhatsApp Winges that's explained the integrity of it. Um, that, you know, somebody might necessarily, they might have gone on and had a good game, but this is all heat of the moment, blood boiling stuff that I am just like, I, I want a knee-jerk, irrational, offload and this is this is where the beauty of whatsapp winges is and this this is the problem for you is that you have to you have to make some sort of sense of them looking forward to it so <clears throat> number one has el Ghazi ever fucking controlled the ball first time only whenever he's hitting the ball first time 40 yards over the crossbar uh <laughs> has el Ghazi ever controlled the ball first time Nah, like, nah. <laughs> was, uh, we talked about Lansbury there, like straight through in goal, just couldn't control us. Um, the, there was one, a ball came out to him, right? And he just tried to play a simple first time ball back to the left back, you know, just uh, a complete fearful pass. He wasn't taking a touch, he was just getting getting rid of it back to the left back, and he just hit it out for a throw. <laughs> um, th- th- there was one stage then when he did take a touch, and he, as you said, I think he blasted this one straight at the keeper. 
um, where he did have a nice touch. But apart from that, like it just the ball just seems to bounce off him all the time. Yeah, he's really the player we hate to hate, isn't he? Yeah, and rightly so. So num- number two, <laughs> you know where this is going. <laughs> when was the last time El Ghazi ever had a ball under control? <laughs> <laughs> So never mind first touch, just in general, when was the last time he's ever had a ball under control? And I've actually, I went to the bother of finding out when exactly he did. Right. March 6th, the League Cup final, when he was able to control it and set up Samata for a goal against Man City. Jeez, what, what a pair of Gazi and Samata striking at Wembley. Um, yeah, like at that time, I think he did, might he might have had a... He might have had a couple of touches in one run there tonight, but um. See, well, I, I think you're being a bit hard on him because this this second one doesn't make any sense if you consider the first one. If he can't control the ball first time, how is he going to ever have the ball under control? Well, I'm thinking if he can't control the ball first time, he might have been able to get it second time or third time as with Valgazi, you know, and then run onto it and right. still manage to have it because of a shit defense. And I think. The only time that happened is when John Stones fell on his arse in Wembley. Oh, <laughs> yes. Gazi had all that space to run into. Uh, yeah. What's the next one? Has Gazi ever taken a good third touch? <laughs> How the fuck does Gazi manage to hit a set piece ever? <laughs> Yeah, there was one where Bertrand Torrey, when Bertrand Torrey took that free kick, yeah. and Elgazi, you know, feigned to go for it three or four times, so I'm not sure if he actually thought he was taking it. <laughs> <laughs> and Bertrand Torrey had just been in training with him for two days and realised, nah, you're alright, pal. <laughs> yeah, I love, like, there is, there's an element of, like, call and rank there, you know, where you like your better players to be able to just say, I'm taking this, but also... Maybe it's not Colin Rank. Maybe it's just you're El Ghazi. Like you know, doesn't matter who I am. Like you're you're the bottom of the pecking order here. Get out of the way. Number four and the final one. Has Courtney House just stopped training, or what's the fucking story? So, Courtney House today and his partner Elmo really revealed why Kansa stayed on the pitch with a torn hamstring during the last game. Christ almighty, Villa could be in baller. Um, they've got two centre-halves. If either of them get injured, they're fucked, because Courtney House is next in line. And he is bad. Really like, bad. There was an element, like, you know, I know it was a championship, right? It was, it was very good in the championship. Um, although, like, Mings and Twan Zabi were the first choice. Um... And then last year, he did all right, but like there was always an element of like, oh Jesus, like you know, sort of, sort of like angles, only like not getting caught out, but always just flirting with getting caught out. Um, and obviously, like he, he loves to to clear attacking corners over the bar. Yeah. And just end, end Courtney House was more effective in defence for the opposition last year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then then tonight, like, so this is like against Bristol City. They're under. They're, no, they're under no price. Bristol City had one chance all night, and that's when Courtney Howes lost the ball when he was trying to carry it out f- around the left-back area. Somebody just pushed him out of the way, ran in, hit the side net. Um, well, and, you know, so he's sleeping under no I've never seen as well. <laughs> yeah. 
and there was an other time then when this is why I'm asking, like, has he just stopped training? Um, around around the midfield area, he just committed to a ball that he didn't have to commit to, just left his man behind him. Um, one of those bouncing balls in the halfway line, yeah. And Nakamba, Nakamba beat him to the ball, and Nakamba sort of flicked it back towards the Villa goal, leaving like you know Elmo two on one, and <laughs> Elmo of all people tidied it up because it was just a bad pass, but it hit off Elmo's chest, and and he got rid of the danger. And it's like Jesus, like how how far have you regressed if El Mahamani is covering for you, centre back? Yeah, your third choice right back's a better centre back than you. Time to go, Courtney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. It is. It is worrying, isn't it? No, I. I, th- I think it's really worrying. Um, House and Engels, if he ever comes back from his Achilles injury, which has been going on now for uh, maybe it's only three months, maybe I'm being a bit harsh now. Um, but I mean, the, you would you would be really really worried if if anything happened to the two lads because they, that's a huge huge problem area. I mean, at the at the minute, Villa have three right backs, three goalkeepers two centre-halves and no left-backs. Yeah. So, like, it's... The defence defense needs to be sorted. And I know we're being linked with a lot of midfielders. But they need defenders as well. I just don't know if they're going to be... They've already spent 80 million. I just can't see... I just can't see them getting one in. And that would be a slight concern. Now, you'll get away with it with no injuries. They're not going to buy a left-back. He, he, wants, he wants target there. And they, they can get away with having two centre backs, but you're relying on not having any injuries, and that's potentially risky. Yeah, and I suppose um, actually, while we're on the the WhatsApp section, there is one that didn't make it on Monday, and it, it probably shows the extent of the problem. So uh, at half time, Kanza came out, and he was he was holding his his hamstring, and yeah. it was looking ropey. But they started they started the half, but I think he played a pass off, and he started holding it again. And I was like, for God's sake, I, I ended up texting you saying, Kanza is a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Simply because he needed to play. And I was like, you know, like he can't come out no matter how, how injured he is, how innocent his injury might have been. And I'm just like, you wanker, you're letting us down if you go off the pitch. Because, <laughs> because Courtney House is coming on. Like, not only is that more dodgy defensively, but like, yeah, he's just going to start clearing Connor Hurrahan corners over the crossbar. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Kanza got the goal then when House wasn't on the pitch. Yeah, imagine if Mings had been flicking that onto House. Would have been a counter-attack for the opposition. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it, 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 it is a big problem, yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 there's not much more to say on that, I don't think. Not much more to say. We will move on to categories. We'll see you there. So the categories, these were called awards on Monday, but um, a lot of them aren't awards. So I thought not awards you'd want to win anyway. Yeah, not awards that you want to win, and uh, actually mixing some of them up as well. Look, just bear with us. Like we're feeling it out. This is this is podcast number two. We'll uh, we'll probably change this by next Monday against Fulham, but um, they're the spirit of them are largely the same. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll get it going. I think actually the, the last week or last Monday we did the Andreas Weiman I could never hate you award, and that is still staying in. But I think it needs to be updated to I could never hate you meter because we can't just have you know we can't be picking out of fourteen players every week. Somebody I will always love forever. Like we're not going to have an Andreas Weiman every week. Um, so it's a meter now, and I want like you know who's going up and who's going down in the Andreas Weiman stick. So basically, somebody that. You know, you're just going to love for 
for everything they bring and like just how much so it's not just how much effort it's just how much commitment how, like how many right things they do yeah like look this again this will evolve as the podcast will evolve and we feel free to take this wherever you want to go um but i'm going to start off on somebody who's gone up in the andreas Weinman, i could never hate you meter and somebody who has gotten a lot of scorn in the past it's Trezeguet. oh exactly got a lot of scorn in the very recent past as well but he could very go up, couldn't he? Because he yeah. played the last game, even though he played for 90 minutes. And we did give him a bit of a kicking on Monday as well. <laughs> he was uh, he was nominated for the Ashley Westwood Oh, he was playing award. But um, today he is in the Vyman category, in the Vyman territory. Um, taking into account the fact that he was so important, obviously, after lockdown, he, he delivered for Villa, goals, assists. Um, Kept them in the league. Kept him in the league, got them to the League Cup final as well of his goal against Leicester. Um, and you know, he comes on tonight, and like it's obvious now that everybody <laughs> everybody's assuming he's lost his place, and I think most people would be happy, and myself included. But um comes on tonight, he comes sprinting onto the pitch, like you know, he's, he's just mad for it. Uh brings that energy, and the first ball he gets, he's got a chance to shoot, but he just first time plays perfect pass across his striker, and he's given Ollie Watkins his second goal of the season and just the right decision nice pass good execution and dare said getting used to it from Trezeguet yeah no he was he was very very good after he came on and the, the pass was brilliant to see if that had a fall until Gazi he just would have had a wild shot that might have hit the corner flag but might have just gone <laughs> out for a throw one um no he was he was very impressive when he came on and Trezeguet has always kind of been in the Vyman category anyway because you would never question Trezeguet's application mm. and I've, I've always thought if you could combine Trezeguet with El Ghazi then you'd have a real player but if Trezeguet keeps going like that keeps making the right decisions keeps playing and keeps executing the right decisions then then he'll be a regular on this slot that's it yeah absolutely um somebody who's gone down in it and again this is reason because I had him high up in the Andreas Weiman sticks, is Fred Gilbert. Um, big chance tonight, you know, playing right back. Villa signed a new right back. Elmo played the last League Cup game. Looked like Gilbert was gone, gone from the team, gone from the squad. Uh, by all accounts, he was, you know, there was talk of him going away. Then it comes out that he wants to stay. Uh, he gets his game tonight and pff, meanders through it. Really, like you know, didn't. Didn't really bring much to it. Like, didn't put a foot wrong, really. But, like, again, playing Bristol City, he's one of the... Not more experienced, but he was in the team. He was in the, he was in the starting team last year. Like, he was the first choice right back, especially towards the, the business end of it. And, yeah, I just thought, come on. Like, you know, you, there, were, there were two choices tonight for right back, or two players to be played in that one spot. And he got the nod, and he just didn't, didn't take it. Listen, Freddie Gilbert is a player who celebrated winning a gold kick. I'm going to need to see more bad performances than just one kind of non-entity of a performance in a 3-0 victory against Bristol City in the third round of the League Cup before I start, <laughs> before I start dissing on Freddie Gilbert. I accept Freddie Gilbert is now neutral in the Vyman meter, so he's not going up or down. Uh, good point, well made. Somebody who has definitely gone down, and we've already touched on all the reasons why, is Courtney House. 
Um, don't need to go into it, but again, like he was, he was high up, he was highly rated, but yeah, just uh, his performances are getting progressively worse, um, and his decision making, which is the worst thing, like you know, at least Vyman always just knew what he was doing. <laughs> you know, he just he had conviction in everything he was doing, and he he delivered it with a hundred miles an hour. Courtney House is just. Oh, he's just hesitating with every single play, and that's that's in defending, in heading, and when he's got the ball at his feet. Um, yeah, we've said enough on House, have we? I think we have, yeah, but I just had House is static for me as well, though, but that's because he's at rock bottom. He can't, he can't go any lower. <laughs> I, I, I was done with House about five games after lockdown. Yeah. Uh, somebody going up is Ollie Watkins. Um, <laughs> like, you know, Three games, not even three full games, two goals. I just, the reason why he's gone up, right, is it, like that goal tonight, it starts off with with a good move. Like we, we raved about him on Monday. Um, but like, he, he nice touch out in the left. He turns immediately. He's taking man on. Always takes up a good position. And obviously, his positioning off the ball is great as well. Um, it, it brings men into the play. Again, we talked about that on Monday. Um, but I, I just keep thinking. <laughs> No, I, I do not think for a second that it was either or, but Villa were linked with Callum Wilson. I think they were always looking for Ollie Watkins anyway all along. And looking at that, it's like, yeah, like Callum Wilson does not bring what Ollie Watkins would bring. Like I've seen three games of this boy now, albeit two League really Cup matches. But I'm, I'm thinking he's a level above. He's exactly what Villa needed. And to think of Wilson playing up top instead of Watkins is scary enough, to be honest. I don't. I don't know if it would keep me up at night, but um, he he's definitely got a lot more versatility. And as we said earlier on, just to see that ruthlessness for that goal, where he just makes a forty-yard run to get into the back post, he knows where to be. It's not just a run into the box; he's running to the space where Trezeguet can find him and where he'll just slot the ball into the net. No, it was great that he again encouraging signs about his all-round centre forward play. Actually, Westwood. Oh, he was playing. Award. Um, I think there's only one candidate for this, and he's probably uh, regular in it. Marvelous Nakamba. You didn't realize Marvelous Nakamba was playing. <laughs> I thought tonight was an absolute exhibition in all the reasons we hate Marvelous Nakamba. <laughs> you could just see again how bad that man is in possession. He's mm. okay in defense, like he covers spaces, he can read the game well enough, but. Oh my God! Is he so like he must have kicked the ball out of play three times? Yeah, and not even in the general direction of a player. Just marvelous. What was that? Do you, <laughs> do you know? Do you know what the the really frustrating thing with him on the ball is? Like you know, his body language is definitely the worst. Like he's by body language, I actually just mean body position. Like he's never facing forward. He's literally turning his back to the forward to the attack every time he gets the ball but it's it's like he's always reaching when he's trying to pass it do you know what i mean it's like he's never under control so it's it's like he's trying to beat somebody to a 50 50 as he's passing the ball even when nobody's around him and it's he's stretching out and he's just just about tapping it over to somebody and then what that means is that the pass is usually short misdirected or overhit as you say out of play <laughs> that's that's the, the worst thing a pass can possibly be um, yeah no, and as much as I said Villa need defenders in the transfer window they definitely need midfielders um, because as I said you can get away with having two centre backs if you get lucky 
when they're and there's no injuries. But midfield is a position that you need numbers in because there's a lot more knocks picked up in midfield. But also, you need to have in-game options. At the minute, if Villa want to change something in the midfield, they're bringing on the Camba or they're bringing on Henry Lansbury. That's just nowhere near good enough. I'm not writing off Ramsey completely because he was good again tonight, but it might just be a bit early for Ramsey. Ah, yeah. I think so. I think so. I think just, like, he definitely looked good and exciting, especially the last two games, but he died out a bit in the second half. Um, but, very, like, yeah, it does look like he's got potential. But, as you say, like, you know, imagine 1-1 in a Premier League game, a game that you, you, you like, there's probably, what, 10 games there if Villa don't win? 11, maybe? You know, where you would be disappointed, say, if they didn't get three points if they're playing at home. Mm. Um, 1-1 in one of those games, you want somebody who's going to make an impact off the bench. And, like, just Ramsey at the minute is just, like, a bit more of a an unknown. But you've excited me because the way you're talking there, I've just introduced a new category. It's the Tom Hanks recasting category. So <laughs> we have an opportunity. <laughs> we, we have an opportunity to bring somebody in now instead of Nakamba. Um, you know, to come on off the bench or to be a number eight starting the team. Connor Hurahan might be feeling a bit of pressure, but um, who is it? Like, there's talk of Ross Barkley or Ruben Loftus Cheek. If you were going to recast this role, get rid of Nakamba. He's not right for the for the part. Who who you calling? Whose whose agent are you getting? Whose face is right for this film? I think I'm going. If those are the options, I think I'm going for Ruben Loftus Cheek. I think he's. He's got more to prove. I, I, I think Ross Barkley often gives me the impression that he's a man who thinks his career is over. And maybe that's just the impression he gets from his managers. But I think Ruben Loftus-Cheek hasn't given up yet. Uh, I still think he still thinks he can be good. He still he still comes onto the pitch and he carries himself. He wasn't very good in the first game of the season, but he was playing centre forward. But he still carries himself with a bit of arrogance and a bit of swagger. He still looks like he wants to impact the game, and I think that would be an absolutely incredible signing. I think he's somebody who was like floating around the England squad as well. Like speaking of which, right? This is a bit of a tangent, but um, watching West Brom play, they were West Brom were stinking the place up again. I don't even remember who you were playing now, um, at the weekend. But anyway, oh, who was it? Did somebody get sent off? Remember, uh, Bilic was cracking up. Kieran Gibbs, you're saying, oh, Seamus, so Seamus Coleman, Everton, they were playing Everton, they got Sorry, hammered yeah. by Everton, and um, they were, I was just watching them thinking, what is the point of West Brom coming up to the Premier League? They actually shouldn't be allowed to be promoted anymore, but <laughs> um, uh, up, up randomly pops in on the screen, somebody who hasn't hasn't had a touch of the ball, is Jake Livermore, and I was like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> Jake Livermore? So like, you know, when you're watching one of these games, where it's usually like West Brom and Burnley or something, and a player pops up, and you uh, you go to Wikipedia, and he's thirty years of age now, and I was like, Jesus, this is the boy that they were all raving about. Seven England caps. Look at the. That's insane. That's <laughs> Look at insane. what Jack Jack Relish had to do to get like somebody had to get injured. Jack Relish had to literally become virgin on world class to get into an England squad because somebody was injured to come off the bench in a game where England were absolutely terrible. And Grealish was obviously the better player when he came on. And then Jake Livermore is just another random player getting seven England caps. I honestly got, like, I, it would make you tear your hair out. Absolutely. Speaking of tearing your hair out, has John Joe Shelby ever played for England? Ruben Loftus-Cheek, James Ward-Price, 
There's just so many absolute, like, they're throwing away caps in the, in the England setup. Um, yeah, John Joe Shelby's played six times for England. Uh, it's, it's absolutely incredible. Yeah, like, Virgin on world class. Jack Grealish is undoubtedly a world class player. I don't know what he would need to do to, to convince anybody of that, other than apparently, you know, seeing the picture a bit quicker and getting rid of it all. <laughs> oh, Paul Merson had a, had a brilliant one there. He said, um, he said Grealish only this doesn't make you laugh because we have we've had such uh, gripes about this. He said Grealish only plays the pass when he knows he's going to get it back. He said, he'll, he'll only play it to somebody when he knows that they'll definitely give it back to him because they have to give it back to him. And it's like, how often do do me and you say that Grealish isn't selfish enough? Because like you know we're watching him, we're watching him give balls away to El Ghazi. <laughs> <laughs> Like, what is the point of that? Like, you know, and like, obviously, you could have scared one from 30 yards, Jack. (laughs) And it's like, you know, of course, he was obviously the second most uh, chances created in the Premier League last year, so it's absolute nonsense. But, um, yeah, some of the some of the stuff out there is just guff. Where were we? (laughs) We're talking about Ruben Loftus Sheik. I agree, I think he would, uh, yeah, there's less desperation. There's there's a there's a touch of Danny Drinkwater coming if, um, Jesus, mate, let's not go that far. I mean, Ross, I Barkley, Ross Barkley has started for Chelsea this year. But Ross Barkley's still a still a very good player, and he's a lot better than Dr- Danny Drinkwater. Do you know? I know that he's, he's definitely not as washed up as him. Or, <laughs> as Danny Drinkwater, in fairness, put it himself, he's not a big loaf of bread. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that guy's got a, a, a future in punditry, but I, I just mean from the point of view of. Just somebody coming from Chelsea, and remember, Drinkwater had won a league as well. Like you know, so I'm probably pretty sure of himself. Do they think that they're you know that they're going to just sort of easily transition into into a place at Villa? I, you know, I would just be worried about that. Whereas Lasse Sheik would be a bit hungrier, having to go and prove himself. Yeah, definitely. But rather, let's remember that um, Danny Drinkwater wasn't even coming from Chelsea. He was coming from a, a failed loan move to Burnley. But um, Ross Barkley, I don't think... Ross Barkley always gives always gives his best whenever he's playing. I think he's, he's, he's a player that's built his career on effort and being committed. And not, not having... Like, if Villa got Ross Barkley, I'd be delighted. He's, still, he's, he's still a huge upgrade on Henry Lansbury. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he, he'd be starting ahead of Conor Hurran probably. Her and gives you something completely different, but Ross Barkley would be an amazing number eight for the Villa team. But well, that's exactly what they need as well. They need another number eight. You let Glenn Whelan hit a 90th minute penalty award. <laughs> so this is a lot of this is going to be based on decisions. Um, you know, obviously a decision like letting Glenn Whelan hit a 90th minute penalty when it's two two and you need to win. Um, and it results in somebody having a cabbage thrown at them. Obviously, uncalled for, but uh, like that's the anger that this that these decisions can make. Um, not all the time. Like these ones are obviously less severe. Again, this is Bristol City, but El Mohamedy centre back. What? What on earth? I'd say Dean Smith knew he was playing Bristol City. Uh, I, 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 that was absolutely baffling. And again, it, it just. It just goes to show why Collins had to stay on that last game. I'd say Dean Smith, maybe Dean Smith made the decision for Collins to stay on. I thought it was him playing through the pain. I'd say Dean was just looking over, shaking his head at Collins. 
You're staying on, buddy. <laughs> well, like, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll give him the pass. It is Bristol City, and like it probably is just a case of getting the guy uh, 90 minutes as well. And as I said, like you know, he got the short straw. Gilbert got to play right back. Yeah, um, and, and, like, I don't know. He actually, he actually wasn't bad. He was fine. I, I, again, couched in the fact that it, it was Bristol City, but but Elmo, as he never does, didn't yeah. let us down. Elmo can play anywhere. That, I literally had that written down until he wasn't playing amazingly, but I, I had it, I had it written down thinking, is there a position that Elmo can't play in? Because I don't think that there is. I think he, could, he, he would do a job. It was sort of like James Milner. I think he could play up front. He, he, could, play, he could play left. He could play right. And then he can obviously play centre-back. Last position. year, whenever we had nine landing goals, we probably should have given him a goal in there as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, one more. Um... You sort of touched on it with Nakamba, to be honest. Neil Taylor is a concern. Like, so this is this is part of the you let Glenn Whedon hit a 90th minute penalty award. Not that Neil Taylor was playing, but the fact that Neil Taylor is Villa's backup left back, I I don't think Villa can be going into a season like that. Like Target will get injured. That's what he does. Um, mm. And when you like, for as much as we gave Target a bit of a a kicking on Monday, like at least he's still got a good left foot he looks to go forward he looks to join in with the attack Neil Taylor doesn't he doesn't he doesn't offer you anything he might be solid enough like you know at championship level as a as a left back but even then if he was playing the championship he's not he's not a left back who's helping you win a game it's just it's just baggage and like you just hope that he doesn't get a red card it's like you know the, the idea of Villa like you know making all these signings and looking like a really good team now system coming together to think that <laughs> Target getting injured, or Target starting, um, and then Neil Taylor then having to play a, a shift of games alongside Jack Grealish, it's just, it's worrying. No, it is worrying, yeah. And like I said, Villa have, because uh, I'm not, as I, as I pointed out, I'm, I'm still in the Gilbert camp. Villa have three right-backs, two centre-halves, and no left-backs. That's that's yeah. problematic. Um, and But I've, it's just not something that I think is going to be corrected. I don't think I don't think Villa are in the market for a left back. I think he likes Target, and he's willing to put up with Taylor. Taylor's an international footballer. I know it's Wales, but you know he's an international footballer, um, and that that that's baffling. I just I just don't think it's something that I think it's something we're gonna have to we're gonna have to put up with. I think like if you look at Villa's players, the amount of players that Villa have in their squad who are at the required level. Forty percent of them are goalkeepers or right backs. So there's like as, as as happy as I am with the transfer activity this summer, they they still they still have a lot to do, and it might just be a few loan signings. Yeah. So th- this is um this is something that's more directed at Johan Lang rather than um, Dean Smith, but it it is something that that worries me. It's like if you want to earn your corner now, just go out and make sure that Villa aren't going to be caught there because uh, i can see it coming in the tracks and like i can see everybody having the same complaint i know like we all we're all fond of neil taylor like you know and we like to call him the goat and he, he tries like you know but imagine imagine a, a period where he has to play six seven eight games in a row it's just yeah, will, it's, as you pointed out he will have to do that yeah he will he will um so i think if that's going to stay that way i think that you let glenn whelan hit a 90th minute penalty the inaugural award is going to Johan Lang unless he sorts that left back position out. 
One final category, and again, the name has changed based on Monday's fiasco. So it was called Questions We Can't Answer. It is now, it is now called Questions We Can't Answer, but probably will. Um, so the first one, this is a good one, actually. Based, sort of, again, picking up on what you're saying. Is Jed Steer the third best... Sorry, let me start. The best third-choice goalkeeper? Best third-choice goalkeeper in the Premier League. And I've got a few options down here. Do you want to? Do you want help, or do you want to have a think about it? No, I'd say Sergio Romero was probably number one. Liam, 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 you got it correct. Although actually, I had, I had United as the correct answer, but Chelsea have now beaten them to the pump. I think. Who's their first choice goalkeeper? Kepa. Kepa. <laughs> 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 they have Mendy and. Uh, and Cavalero as well. So um Kepa's like the most expensive goalkeeper in the world as your third choice goalkeeper. I think that's I think that's doing all right. But, but literally that's the only thing he's got in a CV. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's just proved nothing. Like yeah. it's like somebody with a padded up CV because people gave him jobs even though he did nothing at those jobs. Um yeah, like so like it's probably is United and Chelsea, but actually I genuinely went through it. It's, I know it's like this isn't even in jest. Like, Jed Steer's a good keeper. I, I've yet to see him let Villa down or do anything wobbly. Actually, like, you know, we saw when they were making that championship run 10 games in a row going through the playoffs. Jed Steer was really good and a really important uh, part of why they got promoted. <laughs> like, the West Brom. But Jesus. Do you remember Mason Holgate? Do, do you remember Glenn Whelan uh, giving away that goal at Villa Park uh, in, the, in the first playoff semi final? Yes. Of course. Oh my fucking god! <laughs> but that that could have been tunnel if it wasn't for Jess Deere as well, saving from Dwight Gale, as you say in the second leg, staring down Holgate, making him shit himself, getting yeah. three penalties. Um, but like went through it, like you know Liverpool's third choice keeper is uh, Quevin Kelleher, one of our countrymen. Uh, Man City's it's like toss up between Stefan and Scott, Scott Carson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine being the fourth choice keeper for Man City. What a fucking job. Uh, and there's not there's not nobody else like, so it actually is a nice position going in like with three top keepers oh, there's, there's absolutely no way I'm having Kepa as above Jed Steer Jed yeah. <laughs> Aston Villa are second in the third choice goalkeeper awards after after Callanage in fourth is Nyland the worst fifth choice keeper in the world <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. We don't even have to think about this one. We don't have to go through the names. No, no. <laughs> There's nothing you could tell me that would convince me. Um, here's one for you, right? So there were seven subs tonight. One of them is Kalinitz. There were six outfielders. Mings, Target, Hurahan, McGinn, Trezeguet, Watkins. Who are those six? Mings, Target, Hurahan, McGinn, Trezeguet, Watkins. Who do you think were most raging that they had to go to Bristol tonight to sit in the bin? <laughs> <laughs> do you know like when when you're greenish you're so good it's like ah, nah, nah, you just uh you just sit this one out like you sit and play playstation don't even bother watching it it's a tenor it's a tenor they bloody buy it and they don't even give you halftime analysis um but yeah i just thought like that is like especially like you know sorry i'll let you answer first who do you think would have been like for fuck's sake like why does Grealish have to sit at home and i and i have to go to this shit? i'd say the player most likely to think like that was Tyrone Mings, I'd say Mings puts himself in that same bracket as as Jack Grealish. Yeah. Um, 
I would say the player who was actually genuinely most annoyed with having to go was probably Matty Target, but that was probably just because he was afraid he'd have to come on and play football. <laughs> so I actually had the exact same thing. I was thinking, <laughs> Mings, Mings is an England player. I was thinking, yeah, what? Like, you know, let me take a break, send Konza. Um Target, yeah, just doesn't want to play football. So he's like, oh. <laughs> and it's it's literally like a cold midweek night. Yeah, um, Target Target knew that there was a huge risk that Neil Taylor would be sent off and he'd have to come on. <laughs> yeah. I think Hurahan just enjoys the crack. I think he likes playing football as well, so he was probably delighted to go. McGinn delighted to go. Would say he he's probably raising he didn't get on. Be bag of chips on the way home. Yeah, I'd say. And Connor Hurahan <laughs> was probably delighted. Just because he doesn't really do much running anyway, so it's, it's all the same to him now. Yeah. Watkins delighted because he's thinking, here's a handy goal against a shit team. And um, Trezeguet, again, just, just mad for it. But also a chance for him now that he's under pressure with yeah. Traore coming. Um, yeah, so it's definitely Mings. Mings from um, from an ego point of view and Target from a I don't want to play football point of view. Yeah, from an ego point of view as well, but also but the fact that he doesn't have one at all. He's got the exact yeah. opposite of an ego. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, I might make a mistake that puts us out of the League Cup. <laughs> Finally, that team tonight, the second string team, um, plus Traore, I suppose, where does it finish in the championship? Oh. Not I. Do you not think so? No, I don't think so. Like they they were they walked that game tonight. Like that, I've never seen Villa as comfortable in a game. Well, Dean Smith is manager, yeah. Yeah, and Dean Smith is going to be manager of this team in the championship. <laughs> Jesus, we only one game into the season and we've won it. Would you relax? <laughs> um, maybe I'm wrong. I'm just thinking that they've had better teams in the championship, better players in the championship, and haven't been promoted. But those players were being managed by a cabbage so maybe i'm not thinking as coherently about that as i should be and you're right yeah bristol city aren't an absolutely atrocious team and they were absolutely swatted aside so yeah and maybe they push for a playoff it, it really does show though like the value of the system you look at that team on paper right like elmo and house imagine that through 46 games in the championship like that is a time bomb waiting to explode yeah um taylor would do all right wouldn't give you much gilbert would do well steer would do well um, Nakamba wouldn't do anything, but Lansbury like enjoyed himself. He, he didn't do much, as you say, but like he, he got space to pick passes. Yeah, but we've seen Lansbury play in the championship for Villa, and he's been terrible. Yeah, Ramsey would do. Uh, that would be a good chance for him to come in his own. He'd probably end up retiring the shirt number at the end of the season. Uh, <laughs> I'd love to see. I'd actually love to see Ramsey go on loan to the championship. Yeah, Davis would score goals. I think in the championship now. Um, El Ghazi, I suppose Ghazi was good in the championship, so we'll have to give him that. And the front three, uh, actually, the front three would run riot. That's it. So I was actually trying to think, like, why, why did Villa hammer that team? Because if I looked at that team as that was Villa's team in the championship, you know, it would be, it would not be good going into a championship season like that. But um, the front three is just like way beyond. Like, remember Villa got promoted and a, a, a Doma looked amazing <laughs> <laughs> until they had to hit that penalty. <laughs> so he's in he's in sixth place maybe you've talked me around they might get into the playoffs I'm just thinking that with Jack Grealish the best they've ever done is get into the playoffs so it seems a bit mad to say that without him 
they would get into yeah. the playoffs. But, you know, Jack Grealish injured plus Steve Bruce for half the season. Yeah, yeah. Um, they came third year before that, Steve Bruce for the whole season. Um, yeah, no, I think I think they come sixth, but I don't think they get promoted. I think they probably lose in the semi-finals. Okay. <laughs> and that, on that note, is all we have time for. Um, thanks for listening. If you made it this far, and uh, we'll see you on Monday. Big game against Fulham at an earlier time of five forty-five. Another chance of three points, and again. I'm getting excited, but I'm worried that it could end up being a bad one. Oh, I thought it would be Fulham. Absolutely no doubt about it. Well, there we go. That's uh, that's the sting for Monday Night Show. If we don't. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much. We'll see you then. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.